0: In the meantime, our study continues on the topic of honest advent. We'll be focusing today on sacred places as we look deeper into Luke chapter 2 verses 30 and 31. Let's dig in. When we come to day 13 and this passage in Luke chapter 2 verses 30 and 31, we want to talk for a moment about this idea of sacred now i have been transparent over the years in that i don't necessarily see a divide between what is sacred and what is secular i believe that god created everything that we see and so in a sense i would say that i also believe that everything that we see here on the planet everything that humanity creates is sacred in and of itself That being said, there are some moments where I have felt particularly transcendent in a location in which I was sitting, in a song that I was hearing, something that I was seeing perhaps as a work of art, and in today's devotion, one of the things that scott points out is this idea of cathedrals and this cathedral now maybe i should do a pop quiz and ask you where this cathedral is maybe somebody among us knows what cathedral this is but cathedrals to me are exceptionally transcendent and perhaps even if i can use the word sacred locations and this one for me among so many beautiful cathedrals, is one of my favorites. And it is actually the Notre Dame Cathedral, Notre Dame Cathedral in Canada. I have yet to visit that cathedral, but for those who have ever visited cathedrals, you will understand this that I'm about to say, is that cathedrals are perhaps on earth the closest that a human can feel to being in the throne room of God. These are designed to be otherworldly. They are designed to make you feel small and to make God feel grand. And this Scott also points out in today's study. They also are designed for people who are illiterate, both literally not able to read or write as cathedrals were constructed mostly during a time when most of humanity was illiterate, but they are also meant to be teaching tools for people who are maybe not literally illiterate, but spiritually illiterate. They are intended to help teach us through words and through symbols what it means to experience the divine, to experience something sacred. Whenever we come to the story of the birth of Jesus, we are coming to something that is intended to teach us about the divine, to teach us about the sacred. We have, whether we have been in cathedrals or not, experienced transcendence perhaps every December season whenever we come into contact with this story of the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, you may not have ever paid close attention to the Luke 2 story of Jesus' birth to these two verses in 30 or 31, but today they are the foundation of our journey spiritually my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples this idea of salvation oftentimes has been discussed at least in the religious circles in which i'm a part of as as being a a fire escape as being walking an aisle in a church or or in a tent meeting or in a revival has been discussed as as praying the specific words of a prayer. In the Bible, though, whenever it speaks of salvation, salvation is spoken of in the sense of a a rescue, a rescuing from something. The circles that I grew up in, the rescuing of something is is from hell. But I think that that is perhaps too limited a definition of what it is that God is rescuing us from. Salvation comes from the word salve, salve, something that you put on a wound so that it it won't fester, so that it won't get any worse, so that it will heal or heal more quickly. Whenever I think of salvation, this, this to me is such a beautiful picture of what salvation is. It is healing something that is wounded, repairing something that is broken, taking away the sting, removing the pain, allowing there to be peace, and allowing healing to come, preventing infection. Preventing disease and allowing there to be a healthy situation Salvation. My eyes have seen your salvation, my eyes have seen your your removal of the infection, my eyes have seen your peace, my eyes have seen your healing, my eyes have seen your rescuing, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. It is on display for all to see. When we talk about this idea of something being sacred, why do I say that I don't really see a difference between the sacred and the secular? Well, it is because I think that everything is sacred, but also one of the things that I think is clear to me now is that we make everything in life sacred. It is part of seemingly who we are, being humans to make everything that we touch sacred we sacralize every single thing that we put our mind to or our hand to now it doesn't take much data to prove this all that i might have to say is um, football nfl football ncaa football international football soccer We choose our teams, we choose our players, our choices are sacred. We show up to worship events on Sunday mornings. We chant the songs of allegiance that are chosen for our teams. We have a mascot, we have heroes, we refer oftentimes to the most valuable player in a game as as being the person who saved the game as being a savior. And I could go on and on and on with the symbolism that, that goes into whenever we participate in something like sports, how we sacralize it, how we make it sacred. We do the same thing with our politics. I wouldn't have to talk much about what we as Democrats, what we as Independents, what we as libertarians, what we as Republicans do in order to make our belief systems, our values sacred, our heroes are sacred. For many of us, Trump is, is a sacred individual, a high priest. For, for others, it may be Bill Clinton or, or John F. Kennedy. For some, it's Abraham Lincoln or, or George Washington. It's, it's the modern and the old movers and shakers in politics. And, and we have so sacralized, made sacred, our chosen affiliation, that it seems as though anybody who is against that or who is different from that is evil. And so I want to go back to this verse again one more time and say, mine eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. This time of year, I think it is incumbent upon us to, though the world makes sacred everything it touches, and we as Christians, I think, do that as well, to be able to recognize though that there are some things in this world that are more important, that are more salvific, that are going to rescue us in a better way in a more whole way, in a more godly way, than perhaps the things that we have sacralized. Sports, political parties, the values that we've chosen, the constitutional amendments that we defend, the human rights, our own identities, anything that we sacralize ultimately cannot rescue us without the power in the presence of Jesus Christ. We've seen salvation in many forms. Through constitutional amendments, we've seen salvation through presidents and executive orders. We've seen salvation come to many people and in many ways through acts and laws of Congress. But we as Christians also must say that we have seen a greater salvation, a greater rescue from God, which he has prepared in the presence of all peoples. And so with this, Scott closes, and I think it's a great close for us as well. May the embrace of your physical body be remembered as one of your most sacred acts. Scott points out, rightly so, that you yourself have been created by God, that you and your body are sacred, In this time of year, we might seem to sanitize or or whitewash the Christmas story in order to make it pristine, in order to make it beautiful. But whenever we look behind the scenes at what's going on in the story with the animals and and the manger in which Jesus was born and the process simply of, of Mary, nine months pregnant, traveling, giving birth away from home, the act of birth itself, though miraculous, also is another M-word, messy. Oftentimes, we ignore the sacredness of our own bodies and our own lives and our own journeys in order to sacralize and make sacred other things. And I think it's important to remember that you are a part of this story. Your importance is woven into the fabric of this salvation that is offered and present because of the coming of Jesus Christ at Christmas. And so this season, may you may you embrace yourself. This season, may you embrace your humanity. This season, may you embrace your messiness and chaos. This season, may you embrace the miracle of the mess that is your life and yourself. And remember that Perhaps embracing yourself, accepting yourself, loving yourself as God does, you're his child. Remember, the Bible points that out a lot. Embracing yourself as he does may well be your most sacred and your most holy act during these holy days. This Bible study on Honest Advent is brought to you by Christ Table. If you'd like to join us in the Bible study, there's an easy-to-follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation again. Our mission, that's easy, to help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today. When you get over to Christtable.today, be sure to sign up for our email list there. And for those who choose to donate, I've got a resource box that I want to send you in the mail as my thanks. And trust me, you're going to like it. By the way... The podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we continue our conversation on Honest Advent. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, there's more information on our website about that as well, www.christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time, I'm Pastor Kevin Young, and this is the Christ Table Podcast.